Hello, listeners. This is PSG Talk contributor Mark Damon and Paris Saint-Germain are in the Champions League final. I've been waiting to say that for a long time. Not sure I would ever get to say it, but the day has finally arrived. Paris Saint-Germain is in the Champions League final, and this is the 1970. And joining me today is not Ed, it's Ty. And I know all of you desperately want to hear what uh, Ed and some of our other contributors will have to say. So don't you fret, we're going to do shows this week, let's just put it like that. And we cannot have too many shows here as we savor this Champions League semifinal victory and look forward to the Champions League final against either Bayern Munich or Olympic Lyonnais. So, as I just said, joining me today is Ty. Ty, what a day. What a day, man, for sure. Thanks for having me on, as always. Always a pleasure to be part of the 1970 and um, take Ed's place. Not taking his place, but, you know, he's busy doing uh, doing some things with the family and stuff like that. But special day, man, for sure. Definitely a, a lot of emotions, a lot of things going on. Um, enjoying the moment right now, like I'm sure the team is, but, you know, definitely want to kind of focus on what's to come in a couple days. And I'll definitely be tuned in tomorrow to see, you know, who our final opponent's going to be. You see, I also, too, have a large boombox that I've been carrying around and playing music on for the last three hours or so. So, you know, drawing inspiration from a team that is, seems to enjoy this. They're having fun in the moment. They celebrated, obviously, that victory against Atalanta. And then, you know, the celebrations continue after beating RB Leipzig. In very convincing fashion, I might add. It was a 3-0 final. Obviously, most of you have already watched it or seen the highlights. Um, going into this, I was nervous, but not the sort of nervous that I thought they would actually lose. I was more sort of the excited nervous, where it's like, we're 90 minutes away from a Champions League final, and if PSG do what they need to do, they're going to get there. And that's how I felt. And I was looking forward to this. And it was, you know, it, it was a long morning and early afternoon. But, you know, once that first goal went in, it's just, to me, it was pretty clear what was going to happen. Um, Ty, I'll let you kind of start off. What were your expectations heading into this match? And did PSG meet them? No, yeah, I think um, I kind of felt similar. Um I wasn't nervous, I would call it. I, there wasn't like, uh, maybe it was just like natural, like match anxiety kind of leading yeah. up to, to 3 p.m., you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I wasn't nervous. I, I think, you know, after watching Leon beat, you know, Manchester City, I really just told my friends and, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend and she was like, you know, what do you think about today? And I said, listen, as long as we don't, Tuchel doesn't overthink this and do something that he's never done before. You know, if he puts out a standard team, he puts out our best 11 or what he feels our best 11 is. Um, and we play the game that we know we can play. And, you know, Neymar and Mbappe play at the level that we know they can play at. Um, this should have been a match that we handled. And I think we saw that very early on. Um, and I think, you know, you kind of touched on it early on. It's just the way, the way this team is playing together. And I think it's also the mentality. You know, I think one thing I noticed after they went up 2-0, um, the camera panned over to Mbappe and he was just kind of like pointing at his head, you know, looking at his teammates, kind of like, hey, stay focused. So these guys are locked in right now. Um, you know, and I don't think um, going into Sunday, I don't think that there is a better mentality that I would like this team to be in. Um, they seem focused. But it's also a focus where they're having fun together. They're enjoying going out, the challenge. Um, people are starting to get healthy. Uh, Varadi kind of, you know, got a chance to shake off some rust today. Hopefully, Navas, you know, has a couple of days to um, to be ready for Sunday. And also, you know, the team can sit back and watch Byron play tomorrow and get an extra 24 hours of rest, which I think will definitely be key. But yeah, I wasn't I wasn't anxious or I wasn't nervous. I was more anxious. But um, yeah. the result is is what I thought it was going to be. You know, I think I would have been really disappointed if the result would have went differently and just looking at the way the game went, you know, three nil relatively convincingly without Neymar and Mbappe kind of not being at, you know, not being as precise as we would like them to be. Um, this game could have easily been five nil, um, you know, could have been six nil, um, you know, on target chances were there. We hit the woodwork twice. So overall happy. There are a couple of things I think that we can kind of clean up a little bit, but that's natural. Um, and yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for Sunday. Sunday, there will definitely be nerves. Um, no matter who we play, that will definitely be a nervous day. 
I thought that, and we'll sort of get into the game now because I think it'll sort of tie into how I how I viewed all of this. I've been waiting for PSG to have a performance like this for a very long time. And this felt like, you know, we've been on the end of some of these, on the bad end of some of these, where it's like you have talent, but the other team that you're facing is just on a different level. I can... Some of those early Chelsea games in the Champions League, the Barcelona games early on in the champ in the PSG run, where it's like they got good players, but they're just not at the level of these top teams. And this this is how it feels to be on the other end of that, where you have the great team and the other guys are good, but they're just not at that same level. And I thought tactically. Tomas Tuchel and PSG played this exactly right in the first half. I thought they were really smart in just not allowing Leipzig on the ball. They played a lot of passes in their own end, basically right at the halfway line, a lot of sort of in-between-the-center-back passes, really patient because they knew that they were going to get chances. This was not an issue of PSG not being able to get their chance. They knew they were going to get their chances during this game, so they were patient. They didn't try to press. They didn't force the ball in. They weren't trying to make these intricate, deep passes. They weren't trying to get the goals all at once. It just sort of came within the flow of the, of the match, and it forced Leipzig to come out and press. And when you when Leipzig came out and pressed, it opened them up. And they were able to get those balls in over the top and stretch out Leipzig. And then in the second half, it's like PSG, I think, basically just said, look, you can't score on us. You're, you can try. You don't have Timo Werner anymore. And if Werner was playing, this might have been more interesting because Werner can at least you know, put the ball in the back of the net and he's a reliable scorer. But PSG basically just said, hey, come at us. Take your best shots. You're not going to get really close to, to goal. And we'll just hit you on counters and we'll break open your defense that way. And everything they wanted to do, they successfully did. And that's it, it. this is what it feels like to root for a team like Bayern Munich or Barcelona in its prime or Real Madrid in its prime. This is what it's like when you just have the ace in your pocket and you can just throw that thing down at any time you want and you can make tactical decisions and they work and then you can bring on subs and the subs work and you can force the other team to basically do what you want them to do which is exactly what happened in this match. Like that's some brilliant stuff. And that's really encouraging, not even just for next Sunday, but for the next, you know, for years, this is, this is what it looks like when a team is coming into its own and they're going from good to great and they're making that transition and you're seeing it right in front of your eyes when they become a team, like, that's magical stuff. And this was a magical night for that reason because you saw it. Leipzig had zero answers. And Julian Nagelsmann is not a scrub. This is one of the brightest young minds in Europe and maybe a little too young for this moment, but man, they had no answer for that. There was, you know, there was no tactical adjustment they could make. There was no sub they could throw on to really change what was going to happen. And it showed. And I, I want to make one point before I throw it back to you. I, I think what PSG can hang their hat on on Sunday night is that they have the best defense on the continent. They are the best defensive team in Europe. I don't think it's a question. Like, you saw what happened to Man City. They got ripped apart. You saw what happened to Barcelona. They got ripped apart. 
Bayern don't exactly look too convincing defensively. I think if the right team plays them, you can exploit them. Name me another team that has the kind of defensive talent, the sort of ability to shut a team down. Now, these are two, again, they don't have world-class players, so let's, you know, I, 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 I grant that. But Atalanta scored, what, 95 goals in Syria? Nobody scores 95 goals in Syria. They don't play offense in the Syria, and Atalanta just ripped through that league offensively. PSG gave them one lucky kind of goal. Borussia Dortmund with Erling Haaland and Jaden Sancho and all the, the hoopla around them gave them two goals in the first match, gave them nothing in the second match. Then you have RB Leipzig, young, talented, good coach, good tactics. They maybe had one or two shots on goal the whole match. So... This is another example of PSG developing into this elite defensive team that is going to give whoever they play in the final. I'm thinking it's Bayern, but it could be Leon. I don't know. But if it's Bayern, they're going to give Bayern problems. And it's not just going to be, you know, seven, eight goals walk through the door. So I'll throw it back to you. What was the most impressive part of what PSG did tonight in your mind. I would say it's the defense. I'll let you sort of, I'll, I won't put words in your mouth. I'll let you sort of say, what did you think was the most impressive thing they did? No. Yeah. I think for sure it's, it's definitely going to piggyback off that. I think for me, uh, it was mentality um, from start to finish. I mean, PSG came into this game with a purpose um, and they bossed the match from beginning to end. That is what we have been looking for from this team for a long time. I think um, this is a game where, you know, I think in the past we make things more difficult for ourselves uh, than we abs- than we necessarily need to. Um, but I think PSG came in there today with a purpose. And, you know, they said, hey, listen, this there's one game between us and the final. We're better than this team. You know, we have more star power. We think, you know, we think we're the better team, essentially. And I think, you know, that was the most impressive. And I think that was big going into um, going into Sunday. I think, you know, if we kind of limp through this game, yes, obviously you still go to the final. It's still a, it's still a positive. But... I think you at that point leave your yourself open for question marks, you know, not only internally, but especially, you know, you give the other team hope as well. So whether it's Leon or whether it's Byron, um, you know, they're saying, hey, these guys can be exposed. Now, what I will say is, you know, I, I think uh, Nagelsmann got it slightly wrong tactically. I, I, I think that he kind of shot himself in the foot relatively early. Um, they came out in the second half a little bit more aggressive, pressed a little bit higher. Um, we're a little bit more, putting a little bit more pressure on the ball, which is something that, you know, kind of stumbled us for a few seconds. But then that third goal, which was a mistake on their part, um, at that point, the game was kind of dusted. So what I will say also is that whether it's RB Leipzig, whether it's Atalanta, um, even Dortmund, um, PSG, yes, are good defensively. And I, I definitely tip my hat to what Tuchel has done and to, to the players, the ones that have stepped up and, you know, made a difference to Kimpembe who has, you know, matured before our, our eyes. And I'm someone who has definitely said, Hey, he tries to be too cute on the ball. Sometimes he tries to make tricky passes. He thinks he's Neymar on the ball. Um, but he bossed it the last two games. Um, but make no mistake about it. You know, if, if big, if right, cause tomorrow we'll, we'll all be, you know, watching and waiting to see who we play. But the teams we played are not Bayern Munich. Um, you know, even though, yes, Barcelona is bad, we are not Barcelona. We're a lot better defensively. Um, that team is, is scary. And they put eight goals past a Barcelona team because they're that good, you know. So this will be probably the most potent offensive attack that we've played. Oh, um, oh for sure. Yeah, so, you know, and that's not to say that we're not good. I just, you know, I definitely am, you know, letting myself know. And I think one of the big things, for example, is um, the, you know, taking your chances. You know, like I mentioned earlier, this game could have easily been 5-6-0. I don't think Barca or Bayern Munich will be as forgiving if Neymar and Mbappe aren't clinical. So, um, but I'm excited, man. I think, like, you know, just going back to it, not to, you know, beat a dead horse or really harp on too much because I thought the team was great today. Um, Love what I saw going into it. Like I said, a a couple things, but the most impressive thing was mentality. Uh, The team came in here to get a job done and they got it done quickly and they got it done efficiently. No injuries, um, the right mentality. They seem focused. They seem excited. Um, and they, they seem ready. Um, and listen, I'm not scared of nobody. 
you know, and I, I don't think these guys are either. You know, if it's Bayern Munich, if it's Lyon, um, we will play whoever we need to play uh, in order to get our hands on that trophy. Yeah, and it's just, I, I obviously realize that Bayern is a totally different sort of animal than um, what they're... What I will say? What, they, what they've been facing. I, I, it, it is different. I yeah, but what just, I will say also is that on the contrary to playing Bayern Munich, I think what we will see a lot is if Bayern Munich, they only know how to play one way. I've watched Bundesliga all season. I've watched them in Champions League. Um, they only know how to play one way, and it's very high up the pitch. It's a high back line. If they play that way, there will be chances for PSG, and they potentially will get exposed. Because just like we've seen in the last two games, Tuchel has been kind of prepping them to kind of play that ball over the top to you know get Mbappe and Neymar into space. That opportunity will be there on Sunday that's if that's if that's the team we play. Obviously, it's a different matchup, right? If we play Leon, they're going to sit a little bit deeper and they're going to kind of have us come to them and play the counterattack game. But yeah, listen, the quality of players they have is definitely top tier. They have a lot of world class players. Um, some of the people that we saw today when, you know, RB Leipzig had chances in the box, they didn't take them. Um, Lewandowski will take those chances. You know, um, Serge Gnabry is lethal as well. Um, but there there will be opportunities. And I think our play style fits the, the way they play, you know, so it, it will yeah. be an open game. Um, but I, I think we're ready for it. I don't think I'm not buying into the. You know, yes, maybe Byron is the best team on form right now, just the way they've been playing. But I'm not buying the whole, you know, Byron already won the chip if they if they make it to the finals. No, I think people are sleeping on PSG, and that's you know because we're PSG, and yeah, maybe well, they yeah. you know they see us as bottlers, and, and that is what it is. But well, they, they they hard to say that you know hard to say that after the last few months. It, you for know, sure. I think I, I think they've sort of gotten past some of that. And here here's the thing though too, and it's like. All these great players on Bayern, and yeah, they're great. And I just kind of want to bring it back to the game a bit. PSG has a great sort of team ethic, and within that team ethic, they have really talented individual players. Not just the front three, not just Di Maria, Neymar, and Mbappe, and Icardi when he plays. It's not just that. Like you saw midfield wise in this game. Leandro Paredes, who has, I think, struggled to adjust to being at PSG over the last year and a half, but it seems like that struggle is over, and I think his game was an example of a guy who understands what he does well and executes that to a high degree. Like, his passing is great, his positioning is makes up for the fact that he's not the fastest guy on planet earth and you know not for nothing and i think he's sort of got this player has sort of gotten lost in the last year or so is under herrera and i think under herrera has made a difference and i think what you have seen is he has sort of taken sir he's sort of taken adrisa gay's spot i think and what under herrera does really well is he gives you the positioning he gives you the sort of you know, chasing down the ball. He gives you that, but he also gives you the sort of cunning Spanish type play where he can, I think he drew about six, seven fouls when he was on the field. Like he just knows how to draw fouls. He knows how to, again, chase the ball down. And it's really interesting to see Tomas Tuchel sort of pull under Herrera out of nowhere. You know, he's sort of, been a bit player since he's gotten to PSG, but they put him on and he was solid against Atalanta. And I think he was even better tonight against um, RB Leipzig. I think he and Paredes really just sort of held the midfield down. Marquinhos is sort of really reliable in that spot, but I, 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 I think those other two really were some of the big story here. I think Presnell may be the to, to me, I, I think he's just become one of the better center backs. I, I think PSG don't have to start really going out and looking for one. I think they have what they need center back wise. And I think Presnell has sort of solidified that he can start on a top European club. I wouldn't, you know, 
I don't want to get carried away and call him one of the best center backs in the world. Not <laughs> that. But he's absolutely a quality starter on a top. No, nah, he's good. Side. Like no, he's, he's that good. he's he's good. Like and I, I, I sort of want to get your thoughts on Herrera and Paredes because I thought those two were sort of the story here in that Herrera played well. Paredes played really well. And it's going to make, and I don't want to kind of get too ahead of ourselves with, with sort of what the final lineup would look like, cause, you know, because that'll be, that's a story for another time. But if you're Tomas Tuchel, you really have to be happy with how those two played. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think um, I think Herrera is, It's I feel I'm happy for him. I think when he came to PSG, we weren't getting a world beater, right? I don't think we were getting a world-class midfielder, but we were getting a, a workman-type midfielder, right? I think which a team like Liverpool, you know, builds their team around, you know, individuals that have legs in them that can run for a long period of time, that can press well, Um that can make life difficult for the other team. I think he adds a different, you know, style of play or a different flavor to the match than Gay does. I think, you know, Gay is has the legs that Herrera has, so he can match him on that level. I think that Gay is just a little bit more physical. He's more of a pit bull in the middle of the field than Herrera is. But I think what Herrera brings is he brings that pressing ability, the ability to run for pretty much the majority of the match, but with a little bit better passing. Um, he doesn't really give us much in the offensive end, but he can link the midfield to the front line. He can link, you know, the, the defense to the, to the front three. Um, and Paredes as well. I think what it does for us is like you said, not to give, get too ahead of ourselves, but I think Herrera and Paredes give Tuchel a lot of good options, not only for Sunday, but for next season. Um, I think Paredes has really come into his own. Um, Verratti and Paredes gives, you know, PSG the ability to beat a press, you know, to really put through those line breaking balls to um, unlock a defense Whereas Herrera gives you the ability to, you know, Herrera and Ganagay kind of give you the ability to, if you're playing a low block team like Lyon and a counterattacking team, to really break up that counterattack and have that pitbull mentality in the center. Um, you know, I would love to see, you know, after a couple games next season, a standard midfield. You know, if you feel Kempembe is is your center back of the future and maybe you don't need to run out and get a, a young center back. Um you know, if obviously I guess they still do because we potentially Tiago is leaving. But, you know, if if you have Marquinhos playing that holding midfielder role with Verratti and Paredes in front of them, like what can that midfield look like? You know, Marquinhos kind of sitting in front of the defense while those two just pick killer passes out and just unlock the front three. Right. Um, I think they both played phenomenal today. I think it's going to make Tuchel's decision hard for Sunday. But listen, yeah. these are these are good problems to have, these you know, instead of being blocked, it's one things. And it's great to have options. Like last year when they were just sort of running on empty with midfielders, they just didn't have bodies to throw out there. It's like, this is, I mean, there were games last year where they were playing Danny Alves in midfield. Like this is, this is way better than that. And I love having these options. And what it allows you to do also eventually is put Marquinhos back at center back. And then you have someone like Abdu Diallo who you can, try to give minutes to, especially, you know, because a lot of these guys are going to probably need a little bit of a rest after this whole run. So, you know, the early part of Lee Gun, you could see a lot of Abdu Diallo, but just sort of to get back into the game and how some of these performances stacked up, I have sort of this fear, this working theory, and I'm, I want to talk about the, the fullbacks for, for a minute, because I, I think center-back-wise, Kipembe was great. Tiago Silva is... Um, he's turning back the hand a little bit. He's, he's made, I, I don't know if I'll, I'll, I'll sort of do the cliff notes version of my Tiago Silva opinion in the sense that I'm not sure it's worth signing him at 36 years old. I don't think he can give you week in and week out these kind of performances, but for this tournament, for what it means to him and the sacrifices he's made to get here, you are getting the best possible Tiago Silva that you can get at 35 years old. And that's pretty damn good. So I'm not sure this is means he should be signed for long term, but he's definitely giving it his all. If this is the end for him at PSG, he's leaving on top. He's leaving in a really respectable way. So I'll, I'll go to the fullbacks now. Cause I think it's, um, I think it's, it, they were interesting today. Juan Bernat 
gets some flack, I think, for how he, um, for maybe not being the best defensively, but he's good enough defensively. And then once again, he just scores goals. goals in big matches. Like, just he knows how to score in big matches. I don't, you know, that there's a knack. You have some players just have a knack for that. Like, it's not something you can teach, it's not something you can like develop. It's like you just either have that sort of knack to be in the right place at the right time or you don't. And once again, he scored that big goal against Napoli, big goal against Liverpool. You know, it, it's lost into history now, but he scored the goal against Manchester United that tied it at one in that in that faded second leg. Um, then he scores against um, Dortmund in the, in the second leg in March. And now he scores against Leipzig to help them get to the final. So, he, again, he didn't pay, you know, 70 million for him, paid 5 million euros for the guy. He was, Bayern Munich essentially gave him away after the Jerome Boateng uh, talks fell through. So, like, th- that's sort of how championship teams are built. Like, you just sort of get guys off the scrap heap sometimes, and they're better than what you expect them to be. He's not world class. He's not a top level left back. But he's good enough for what they need him to do. And on the other side, I kind of want to get your opinion on this because it's a working theory of mine. I thought Tilo Kerr struggled in the first half. I didn't think he was – I thought he was the weak link in the first half. I don't think he could – he really couldn't put a ball in the box. He couldn't really make a cross. He was a bit out of position. I think when Leipzig did get opportunities, it sort of came through his end. But he seems to be a guy that gets stronger as the match goes on. Like, I I saw it in the Atalanta match. I think he got better in the second half. And I think in this match, too, I just feel like he gets better as the match goes. And he's sort of the interesting one because he's really playing out of position. We're still quite not quite sure if he's a center back or a right back. I kind of think right back's an okay position for him because I just don't know if he's quite can read the game as a center back. But sort of your thoughts on anything that I just said, Tilo's performance, uh, Juan Bernat's performance, anything you want to throw in on that? Yeah, so I think what I'll do first real quick is just touch on what you mentioned about Tiago. I think, um, listen, I think the three to four months off definitely refreshed his legs. I, I think we, we see this all the time with him, right? I think at the beginning of this season when Champions League first started, um, he was fresh, right? And people were saying, oh, Tiago looks good. He looks world-class again. Um, I think he's someone, obviously, he's an older player. He takes on a lot of responsibility for the team. He plays a lot of matches. There is a lot of fixture congestion. Um, so I think, you know, the time off really helped him. So I think he's fresh. I think he's ready to go. Um now, in regards to bringing him back, um, with the losses, obviously, with that COVID has presented most European clubs or all European clubs, I should say. Um, listen, if he's playing at this level, I don't think he's someone, like you said, I don't think he can give you week in and week out performances. But if they can come to a realistic option in terms of salary, not 12 to 13 mil that he's making now, and you sign him on a one-year deal, um, to maybe play cup matches and play matches here and there while you figure out, okay, is Tilo a center back or, or do we want to go with Marquis and um, Kempembe and the back line and put Gay in the holding midfielder spot? I don't think that it's a terrible option. I'm at least open to it. If they decide to part ways, I'm not against it. But I think if you can find a, um, a, a, a middle ground for both parties so he can be here just to give you know, uh, Kimpembe and Marquinhos at rest and he plays matches here and there, but that has to be explained to him, right? Like you can't be expecting to play every match yeah. as long as he's okay with that type of role. Yeah. I think it's worth it because I think he also can help usher some of the other individuals. I think Kimpembe still needs that leadership for someone to kind of teach him like, hey, it, it it's your back line now with Marquinhos, but let me be here to just coach you through this as I kind of hand these this yeah. uh, this role off fully well, now. Yeah, and, and, and I'll, I'll, before you go on to this, I just want to kind of make this point in because I think, you know, watching how Barcelona, you know, just completely fell apart a couple days ago. I think one of the things that PSG understand here, hopefully, is that you can't keep punting on sort of recycling the team and and rebuilding it. Like, 
you have when you have the opportunity to 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 let an older player go and bring in younger guys and see if they're ready to do it you, you sometimes you have to take you have to not be afraid to make that uh to make that leap because it, it is it can be scary at times but it's necessary it's important to to recycle refresh the team and if you know you're relying on 37 year old Thiago Silva to continually play big matches for you at center back like that's not good so just throwing that out it's just you know at some point they got to cut the bait and it would be nice if he left as you know left holding up that champions league trophy that that certainly would be a a, a nice sort of john elway Peyton manning way to end it no it's 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 storybook man and i think um you know, real quick, you're talking about like mentality earlier, or I had mentioned it, right? Like the thought process behind the win is these guys know, right? I think when they saw the draw, they looked at each other and said, hey, like, we're not going to get a better shot than this. You know, like we need to be in that final to give ourselves a 50-50 chance at, at raising that trophy. They did that. Then I think, you know, after beating Dortmund, coming back from the first leg, they also said, okay, we're chipping away at the stereotype that we're bottlers. Let's just chip away, chip away against Atalanta same thing you know you go down 90th minute a a classic European comeback I mean that's another indication where the team grows as the team works through these they they just grow together right and the sense in the locker room is like guys like this is our year you know it's it's meant to be um so I definitely think they're there now in regards to uh the fullbacks listen I think Juan like you mentioned right he has the opportunity or the knack for just being in the right area at the right time that's always a plus and you can't teach it He's just got a nose for, you know, being in the right area at the right time, and he scores big goals. He's not perfect. Listen, these, these again, aren't world-class fullbacks. You know, every team is going to have an area where they they strengthen and they give you world-class, right? So PSG, a lot of their world-class talent is going to be in goal and in their front line. So the other areas of the team, they have to make do with feasible and serviceable players. Now, I think Juan Bernat is very good. Tilo, on the other hand, I'm a Tilo fan. I think he took also a, a while to kind of find his feet. He's young. I think he's growing into his role. I think he still doesn't know or Tuchel doesn't know where he belongs. But I think he's an upgrade from Mounier. I think I'd rather take the defensive stability that he gives me as opposed to the offensive production. For that, I'd rather him just pass the ball up to Di Maria on the flank and just kind of you know back up and get back into position. I think they will work on his crossing. He's not a great crosser. Um, he shows glimpses here and there, but it's definitely a weakness in his game. But I do agree. I think he grows into the game. And, and there are players like that. When the game starts off, they're kind of cold. Um, and he's definitely an individual that grows into the game. Um, I don't really know where he belongs either. You know, maybe that Tiago being here for one more year is, you know, just another year as a as a, a safety net to let Tuchel try out, you know, other individuals, give him more time at, at you know, center back, give Diallo more time at center back. Um, but I think he's serviceable, and I don't, I don't see our fullbacks as a weakness. I, I and listen, I think, I think Bernat is going to be is going to be jazzed up for this game on Sunday if it is his old team. You know, I think he definitely feels slighted. That's no disrespect to Leon. I would love to play I them too. You know I what mean, I mean? Sli- but he'll be jazzed is, up. Slighted is a, a, a nice way of putting that he was openly mocked by the team's president. For sure. So, like, you know, obviously. Like, I mean, it was, there is bad, bad blood is a very mild way of putting it. Like, you know, and, he's he's done nothing but be an exemplary teammate and he's done his job like and and i i sort of want to you know just add a little to care and then just move on to some of the stuff we haven't talked about yet but what i like about him is that he's just he's built well he's physical he wins the aerial duels he stays in front as a defender he doesn't get beat constantly and I think in a final, if you're going against Alfonso Davies and you need a guy that can physically, you know, a guy that's not going to get Nelson Semedo'd, I think cares a guy that can physically handle that. Now, obviously, you're going to, you know, when you're in a duel with a great player, you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. That's just how it works. But you're going to, I think you're going to see Tilo compete. And I think he's big and physical, and I think he can win those duels and help out. So I, I'm I'm excited as to what he can be because I think he's he's growing into something. We're just not quite sure what it is. 
Um, no, I, I agree. I think, and listen, um, I don't feel like we're at a disadvantage with Tilo. Um, I think as a defender, like you said, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. What I will say, and this is just in the aspect or speaking on the game of football in general and just a fan of the game, um, Alfonso Davies is, he's different class. I mean, that kid, like if, if you just enjoy watching the game of football um, and you're a competitor, um, you're, he's going to get up if he has the chance to ever go against him. Um, he'll be hyped up for that challenge as well because the kid is just like Mbappe, man. He's he's one of the up and coming young talents in world football, and he is definitely uh, he's definitely a different class for sure. Yeah, no. Anytime I've seen him, he's he's impressed. Like there's there's no way around that. He's uh, he and, embarrassed and that's what's gonna, and that's what's going to make Bayern such a challenge. Yeah, he he absolutely embarrassed Nelson Semedo. I mean, Nelson Semedo should have just, just taken his cleats off and went and sat down. He should have sat well, down. They, they, it, would have, it, it would certainly have saved him more, more trouble than, <laughs> than having to try to go back out there and, and play after that. But um, I'll just say sort of others started to clean up here. Sergio Rico was, I was not, let's put it this way. There is no way Sergio Rico should ever be playing against a top level opponent like a Bayern or a or a or a Man City or or a team that can, you know, put the balls on target in a, you know, in a consistent volume. But for what they needed him to do tonight, he was fine. Like he he could distribute okay. He didn't turn the ball over consistently. He didn't spill a lot of shots. I think there was one shot that he spilled, but they were already up by three at that point, and it was late. So, you know, all this stuff about Navas getting hurt and Rico coming in, it's like, I, I think guys like Sergio Rico are sort of the perfect backup. Like, that's what you want a backup to be. Like, he's he's obviously not the better goalkeeper. He's obviously, you don't want, if you don't want two equally good goalkeepers, because then it's like a, weird competition and you don't really want competition at the goalie position. Um, yeah, I think I like, agree with, with Rico. It's like the guy can come in. There wasn't anybody on Red Bull that was really seriously challenging him, but he looked calm. He looked like he'd been there before and he did his job. And when you look at the long list of champions in all like the major sports, there are guys that have to just come in and do duty like they have to do sort of that kind of job. And he did. So and what did I say earlier? Right. Just sometimes you need people that can just be serviceable at the yeah, end of the day. And, and, and that's what he was tonight. And listen, like you said, I, I definitely would not want him in goal if we're playing a Real Madrid or a Bayern Munich. But listen, it, you know, the cards were dealt for this match. And I think Tuchel also set the team up to kind of, mitigate any risk at the back end right playing a heavy possession based game you know uh, not allowing them to hit on the counter that often um and listen how many times was he was he really tested like if you really think about it um it wasn't much if if any you know there were a couple times shots came on goal but nothing that scared him i think the back line did an amazing job um i don't really know too much i actually had a chance to listen to um BBC, I think it's five at live. Jules, uh, Julian Laurent was on there today and um, giving like a little pre-match thing. And obviously Sergio Rico has some European pedigree. I think he has two Europa leagues, um, you know, but he, he also, you know, has some, some seasons like most goalkeepers do where, you know, it, it wasn't the best. Um, I've heard just from rumblings that uh, Bolka, the, the backup we had, the young kid from Chelsea is supposed to be pretty good. Um, some people that you know were talking to Jules said that they think he's better than Rico, but unfortunately, right now he just doesn't have enough experience. Oh yeah, that, for Tuchel, be, you know what I mean. You, you but, can't put you can't put a twenty-one-year-old kid who's never played a big European match. You can't do that to the for sure, it, for sure. It, it, so it even if even if he's a little better technically, I'm not of the. I, I think they again. That's not a situation where he should be backing up. Like Kaylor Navas in that situation, it's you. you really just no, want a I think, reliable, not screw up guy. You don't want, you don't want to have to throw that guy into the fire like that. But you know, again, it. 
I think what I meant by that more, no, I know more so was just for, for the future, like the options we have behind Navas, you know, going yeah. in the future. If a, it's not Rico, if he doesn't well, stay, we have serviceable yeah. options if they get experience. There's a possibility Bulk is the backup next year. I think that's a strong possibility at this point because I don't know if they're going to be bringing anybody in. But he's a he's a possibility to to see what he can do. But like, at, at, you know, high stakes, like, yeah, that would have been that would have been tough. That would have been a, a weird decision. Um when they came out with the lineup and Icardi wasn't starting, I sort of, I think, I think people are going to say that that was more about Icardi not playing well against Atalanta. I'm not sure that's the case. I think that was more to add a midfielder in and not, ha- I don't think they could have played with two midfielders and made that work. I think that, like, if they had tried to just play Marquinhos and Paredes and not had someone like Herrera out there to do some of the running, and then you had a front four, I don't think you can play front fours like that in big European matches unless you have, like, two of the best mid... Unless you really have... Because, like, Bayern play, like, a 4-2-3-1. And that kind of works because you can... You can sort of hide it in that way. I just, I don't think having, I think it was the, obviously they won, so it was the right call, but I, I don't think that that was sort of a a knock against a Cardi as much as it was sort of, they needed to just be a little more steady defensively and they didn't want to really throw out four attackers. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, listen, I think, uh, I've been giving Acardi some slack over the last couple of days. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shy away from it. I'll definitely own it. Um, I think he's a good player. Um, I think he does add a lot to the goal. I think he's heavily reliant on service. Um, so I think you know, if we're in a formation or if we set up in a way that you know we're not able to give him the service, I think he's we're kind of like playing a man down at that point. Um, I think Tuchel probably was relatively upset. I think you know Icardi was making terrible runs. He, you could tell that also Neymar was getting frustrated with him. So I, I think it was a little bit of both. I think he wanted to set up with the extra man in midfield. I think was important. Um, I didn't know how I felt about it at first. I, I don't really love Mbappe in that number nine slot. Um, I think we've seen over the course of time, whether it's in league play, we've tried it a couple of times in Champions Leagues. He's just not comfortable yet there i think that is his future i think eventually he will be a number nine um but i think right now he's just he brings a lot more to the team from a wide standpoint but listen um i don't get paid the big bucks to to coach right so um it ended up working out for the for the best they played really well um i'm interested to see if he will play that same way against byron i I think Icardi adds a different dynamic to the game. Um, it's just another individual that Byron have to respect. Um, you know, you can't double team everybody. You know, so if you choose to focus heavily on Neymar and Mbappe, then it leaves Icardi and Di Maria. As we saw today, Di Maria was absolutely next level today. Um, definitely miss him in that yeah. Atalanta game. So you know, yeah, big, we didn't even talk about him yet. Yeah. So big salute. Uh, you know, shout out to Di Maria today. Uh, definitely showed up. Um, not sure if everyone knows this, but I think today, Di Maria actually tied Javi Hernandez for the f- uh, for fourth on the list of all time assists in Champions League history. So, um, dude is yeah. different gravy, man. He d- definitely doesn't get the credit he deserves. It's definitely always the Neymar and Mbappe show. He doesn't get a lot of the love, but he definitely uh, is part of that big three for sure. Well, I'm going to give him the credit now, but before I do that, I just, uh, I think when Byron, if Byron are going to play that high of a line, I, I don't know if Accardi's going to be able to make those runs. Like, I think that that's, I think there's, I think PSG have good problems. I don't think they have bad problems right now. I think they can bring Accardi on. I don't think like today, I didn't think they really needed Accardi. You're up three goals. You don't really need them out there to, to just stand there. You, you, that's why Chupo Moting came in the game because Chupo Moting can like run around and press and not need the ball. <laughs> so I don't think that was really uh, a, a function of anything else besides just the way the game went. But to talk about Di Maria, I think he is in this, and it's weird to say qu- quietly he's maybe a top 10 all time PSG player, but 
you know, he's up there in like all time greatest PSG players. And he's also up there in, you know, maybe top 10 player of his generation kind of territory. Like he has gifts that like, I'll, I'll say it. He's the, I mean, is he the best left footed free kick taker besides Lionel Messi in the world? I think he is. Like that ball he played to Marquinhos. Oh my God. Like that. Undefendable. You, that was, they weren't ready for it either because they were expecting Neymar to whip it in. And then Di Maria just whips that ball in and it's just perfect. Like you can't, you can't place that better. You can't run, run to him and hand it to him better than that. And like the goal he scored, confident in front of goal and, just like this is a guy that's going to go down as one of the best PSG players of all time. And if they had a, you know, you don't really get this in, in, in European football very much, but if they had like a wall of fame or like a ring of honor, or they retire jerseys, like he, that guy deserves when he leaves, he deserves sort of the, the party he deserves like the he deserves like honor and you know a, a ceremony and all that stuff so no like, he's a he, he's different he, class he deserves it he's been he has been outstanding over the years i mean there are games where he just doesn't show up like you know because that's the kind of player some of it with him can be feast or famine but for the most part in big european matches that dude shows up and he'll he'll I mean, contribute just, and he'll do something for you. I think he's one of those players where, you know, some people and this is usually has to do with right the the English bias when it comes to Premier League is he left Real Madrid, he went to Manchester United, it didn't work out, then he came to, you know, Paris and it was kinda like he was forgotten. You know, he he didn't have it anymore. Um, he lost a step. Um, but meanwhile, we had kind of watched him progress. And since day one, when he got here, you know, he's been performing. And I think of a lot of his biggest moments around the European stage, you know, key matches when, you know, uh, Neymar and Mbappe are injured. You think about the first leg against Man United. You think about, I think it was, I forget it was the first or second leg, but against Napoli, where he's at the top of the box, he cuts on his yeah, left, that, he hits that, he hits the curler. You know what I mean? Um first leg forget, against, I don't mean to cut you up, but people forget he doesn't score if he doesn't score that goal, PSG are out. They're possibly yeah, out it's of massive. The they're absolutely out of that eighteen nineteen champions league. They get they're going to the Europa League because at that point they would have lost four they would have not been they would have had no wins from four. Well, no, they would have beaten the Red Star, but they would have been, they would have been, it would have been dicey. trouble if they didn't get that that goal. That would that was a big sort of turning point for that. But it, you know, sorry to cut you off on that, but go ahead. No, 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 not at all. Um, but yeah, man, he just he shows up, man. He's uh, when we need him to show up, he showed up, and today was a perfect example. Like you know, Neymar and Mbappe just didn't have that final touch in front of goal, and um, and he did. You know, the the flick from Neymar and the wherewithal and kind of just the patience to, you know, settle the ball and bend it around the keeper when the keeper's charging him right there is just, um, it's just technique, man. It's skill. And, and he shows up and he's definitely someone that I feel very comfortable with, um, you know, in our front four. And I think you're right, right? It's it's not always feast or famine, but um, he has his games where he's a little quieter. I think he can be a defensive liability at times. Um, but going into this game on Sunday, I'm pretty sure that all these guys are going to leave it all on the, on the pitch. And, you know, I think Mbappe in the post-match press conference said that he will leave his entire body on the pitch on Sunday if it means oh, lifting that, that yeah. trophy. So these guys will be ready. There's no doubt that they're going to, you know, there's there's no doubt about that. It's just, you know, whether Bayern or just at that, I, I don't want to automatically assume it's Bayern, but uh, <laughs> I, I feel... And I guess we can sort of maybe talk about t- tomorrow's game a little bit. Where we're kind of going in on an hour, uh, unless you have anything else you want to add from the game specifically. No, um, happy with the result. Played well. Things to clean up. Uh, clean up on. Um, weren't perfect, but we played well. Um, so you know, I think 
just uh, excited for them to get back to training tomorrow, kind of have a warm down session and and for Tugel to kind of do some film and probably hopefully try and help them clean up on some things and, you know, hopefully just get a couple days of rest, man. I think it was good to see Verratti get some time today. Uh, he should be good good to go. I'm not sure if he can give a full 90 um, on Sunday, but at least maybe a half at minimum. And then hopefully Navas as well, you know, is able to give us uh, a full 90. Yeah, I, th- I think Navas will be fine. I think that, that you'd have to cut his leg off for him to miss a Champions League final like that. And I think yeah, I agree. That he's like going to be the second goalkeeper in history to play in four Champions League finals. I mean, really different Real class, Madrid, man. Real Madrid chose Thibaut Courtois over Kaylin. I mean, the disrespect of that, like, and then basically all PSG had to do was give them Alphonse Ariola on loan to get <laughs> Kaylin. Not that's a steal, man. That's like, that's Leonardo at his finest. Like that's just great stuff. But, to sort of get into tomorrow just a little bit before we uh, head out, I kind of want to keep this at a clean hour. Um, does Lyon have – look, Lyon, they they beat Juventus in that first leg in March or February, whenever the hell it was. It was February, I think. And then they hung on against them 2-1 um, in the second leg. And then they beat Manchester City, I think – Kind of flukish, but, you know, OL played well enough to win. They did what they needed to do. But this is, you know, if Leon were to do this, if they were to beat Bayern, like, to me, that would be a whole different level up. Because, like, that City team has a lot of holes in it. Like, they, even though they're, you know, they're good they have a ton of holes. Like they, besides De Bruyne, they don't really have very good midfield play. Um, their back line has been a mess for years. So, like, I I think this might. There's the old saying, "A bridge too far." I think this is a bridge too far for OL. I think they've done as well as they could possibly do in this competition. But Bayern are just, I just think they're on a different plane. And if Bayern score early on them, it sort of takes away what OL can do. So I'm not, you know, I I would love to sort of, for the sake of just a big F you to Europe to have an all French final, that would be, that would be amazing in so many ways. But, um, yeah, I don't see it happening. For, no, for I mean, I don't if, see it happening. If I was a betting man and I had to put money down, I'm definitely gonna take. Uh, I'm def- definitely gonna take Byron. But I will say this though. I mean, I think. Um, I think OL has a puncher's chance. And listen, you know, I think one thing we've seen in this tournament so far is these are one-legged ties. It's 90 minutes. So how many times have we seen? the lesser team take the first leg by one goal and, you know, then get ousted in the second leg. There is no second leg. Um, I think they'll be brimming with confidence. Um, They played us and took us to, you know, penalties, albeit without Mbappe, but still, you know, we're a good team. Um, So that, that was a confidence booster. You know, you go to Turin, you beat um, Juventus, albeit again, you know, they're not a great team. I think they have flaws. Um, but still, it's a big European giant with with European pedigree. And then you go to Man City. And, and yes, kind of flukish a little bit. I think, you know, Pep definitely, you know, kind of showed his hand a little bit. And I think they were surprised at the way City set up. I think Pep definitely continuously, you know, overthinks these European matches. I think if he just came out in their standard formation, uh, played De Bruyne in the 10, maybe played... Um, um, Mares on the right. I don't know why he was playing De Bruyne on the wing. It didn't make any sense to me. It kind of just took away from what he can do. But listen, you still be a great team that adjusted in the second half. You know, you still had to put away your chances. You still had to stop them from scoring. Um, they're confident, man, that the, all the pressure is going to be on Bayern Munich. They have nothing to lose. So do they have a chance? Yes, a puncher's chance. You know what I mean? I think, um, listen, man, this is, this is a crazy game, and European Knights can sometimes throw up a while results and this is just a weird year it's 2020 so it would kind of it would kind of fit the script wouldn't it it would and it would be it'd be odd and i i it's just it, uh, i i still say bridge too far i i think it, a lot of things would have to go wrong for Bayern for leon to 
be able to score the amount of goals they would need to score to win and just you know it would be interesting but i'll say this i don't think i don't think or i not that i don't i do think i do think that byron will have a harder time tomorrow than they did against uh barcelona leon Leon is not going to roll over they are going to make this difficult i don't think it's going to be a high scoring game like people think i think if byron was to to win maybe it's a 3-1 2-1 something like that or 2-0 i think it's something like a two goal margin maybe a one goal margin um but yeah, uh, as a betting man, I'm putting my money down on, on Bayern Munich. But listen, man, I definitely will be tuned in, and I'll be I'll be rooting for Leon. You know, I would love to see uh, Liga. You know, have a the first ever all Liga final. I think it would be great for the league. It's great for the players um, and just the future. You know, even Neymar and Mbappe maybe staying a little bit longer than we expected them to. But that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, and uh, I'll just throw one more thing out before before we go. Um... Thomas Tuchel, I, he seems to be the man of the moment, man for the moment. And ever since he got here, I feel like the shift has happened under him. And I've had my questions about him, and I feel like it's only right to question the manager, you know, until the manager shows that he can do it at this level. And you saw with Laurent Blanc, Blanc was kind of just a guy. He was sort of there. He just rolled the ball out and let them do whatever the hell they wanted. Um, Unai Emery was not capable of a job that big. He wasn't even really capable of doing an Arsenal job that right now is clearly not as big as what PSG is. But Thomas Tuchel... He now has at least five to six major European victories under his belt. Like, he's beaten Liverpool, he's beaten Real Madrid, he's beaten Dortmund, he's taken this team to the final, he beat Manchester United at at Old Trafford. They signed him to an extension last year, they gave him a year extension, so his contract runs out in 2021. Do you do you give him an extension after the end of this? Even more of an extension. Um, is it something? I mean, listen. If he if he goes out and wins it on Sunday, um, I think most likely yes. But I think that a major conversation needs to happen with Neymar and Mbappe. You know, if us getting to the final and hopefully winning it. But even if you know it's sports, if we don't win it, but we put up a good fight. If that's what Mbappe was looking for, to want to be convinced that, you know, the project here is legit. Um, If Mbappe and Neymar say, hey, you know, we want him here, then yes. If they say, hey, we don't want him here, don't ever forget that, you know, Tuchel is not Leonardo's man. You know, that's not who he brought in. So um, I've heard that Allegri is the favorite. Um, I don't know if he's who I would choose. But um, listen, my gut tells me that as long as he doesn't get embarrassed like Barcelona um, and he goes out and either wins or puts up a very, very respectable fight on Sunday, no matter who it is, um, he will stay. Uh, oh, yeah. um, at I, least for, I, at I least for that, a year. I think what's pretty obvious is that he'll get – and I think – look, I think he's proven himself. I really do. I don't think he has to do much more than he's done. Like, the, the PSG – have had more great European performances under him than they probably had in the 10 previous years. I mean, there were some performances in the nineties and two thousands that maybe reached that level, but nothing, uh, you know, they, they've really turned it up a notch in Europe with him. So the results are there. It's just, you know, obviously if they lose the final, I think he'll get the beginning of the year, and then if they want to make that change in the middle of the year, they can do it. But he's definitely earned the right to start the third season. Like, you know, and if he wins the Champions League, it's hard not to say, you know, he's the new, one of the new top coaches in the world. Like, it's hard not to say that, because it's not like it's just Neymar and Mbappe scoring 10 goals a match, and he just has to sit there. Like, they're tactically winning these matches. They're winning these matches physically, mentally, every which way. So, like, 
No, he's definitely a great tactician. Yeah. Um, I think he's a great young mind in the game. Um, I think he's got a good relationship with Neymar. That seems to be apparent. I think uh, Mbappe is just kind of a thorn in his side a little bit. And obviously, PSG does have an issue with egos a little bit, um, like most major teams do with with superstars. Um, so I think that relationship definitely needs to get ironed out. But hey, I mean, I think a great way to I, iron I out any relationship is winning. You know what I mean? They, they win. They win. It's not a problem. But um, yeah. Hi. Um, what what a night. How can people find you on the Twitter? Yeah, for sure. So I think you guys can follow me at on Twitter at Ty Pound Sign. Um, and yeah, what a night, man. It's definitely still a lot of emotions running through. You know what I mean? Feeling good. Definitely gonna gonna sleep well tonight for sure. And uh, hopefully start to mentally prepare for whatever Sunday you know uh, holds. Yes, and obviously you can all find me at my new Twitter at Mark Damon Nine. That's at Mark Damon Nine. Before I go, I just want to sort of. I know I, I've been watching this club for 10, 10 years now or so, maybe a little more, but there are people who have been with this club since the eighties, since the nineties. I know Guillaume has been watching them since the fucking seventies. So, you know, there, there are a lot of people tonight who have, watched this team through good and through very 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 bad and the job's not done and it would obviously hurt if they couldn't finish it off and win but i think we all have to really sit here for a moment and really appreciate what has happened here and the fact that on sunday PSG, that jersey, those players representing the city they represent and the fans, some of the most fervent, some of the most loyal, some of the most crazy, insane people to follow a sports team, they are going to walk past that trophy. Like, that trophy is going to be in the building. It's going to be on the lawn. It's going to be ready to be handed out. And PSG are going to be playing a match for the right to hold that trophy. Like, if nothing else, and it's really try to take it in. Because this is not, you know, we, we know as a fan base better than probably anyone that this is not a birthright. This is not God given. This is something that you have to earn. It's something that doesn't come around all the time. You never know when or if you ever get back. So enjoy it. Like, it's, there's going to be nerves. It's going to be very nerve-wracking that Saturday and Sunday trying to wait for the match. But try to enjoy it. Try to enjoy every moment of it and appreciate what you're getting to see. Because PSG were not supposed to be here. They were never supposed to be here. But they are. And they did it with... A, you know, they did it... And it's, and it's something that they can't take away. Just being in the final is... You know, they, they always say about the World Cup that you're not really a big... Uh, you know, you're not really a big national team until you've been to the World Cup final. Like, that's sort of the... If you can get there, then you are considered a top national team. I think the same thing can be said for the Champions League and for club teams. Getting there puts you in that category. You're, in, you're on a list that very few teams can say they've ever been on. And while I'm wholly confident that this team can win... I still believe it's necessary to sort of just enjoy the process of what has happened here and be able to um, appreciate what you're seeing in the moment. So I'll just sort of end on that. This has been the 1970. We are going to have more shows for you before the final. We're going to have a PSG talking probably recorded tomorrow sometime. They'll talk about the win. They'll probably talk about the upcoming final. 
And then obviously during and after the final, this is the place you want to be for the highs and possibly lows, hopefully highs. And well, you know, as I, as I just sort of laid out in that little diatribe there, um, enjoy it. Cause just take it all in. Just take it all in. Enjoy it. Cause you don't know when you'll ever get back to it and appreciate that it's here because we've been waiting a long time for it and it's finally here. Yeah. So, I think the only regret yeah. I have, I think is just not being able to be in Lisbon or, you know, that's definitely an opportunity. I think that as a major PSG fan, I probably would have made an attempt to get tickets or be part of this event. So, but you know what, we just got to enjoy it with friends and family and, and just take it all in, man. That's all you can do. I, I, I agree. And this is going to, it's, it, this has been very different. It's been a very different kind of year in a certain way. It's made it more special and it's made it even more difficult to qualify. It's made, it's been a, it's been something. So again, enjoy it, everybody for Ty. This is PSG talk contributor, Mark Damon saying au revoir for now. And Ale Peshe.